Welcome to the December 12th, 2019 meeting of the Science Fiction Club, the last meeting of the year, uh, but not the last meeting of the decade. We talked about that last month. Uh, 2020 is not the beginning of the new decade, it's 2021. But anyway, that's just people, most people aren't going to care about that. But anyway, uh, since uh, our many of our people that go first, like such as Roger, aren't here. Who wants to start? I can start if you want. Okay, Martin, you can start. <clears throat> All right, I, I'm reading a book that Roger read a while back, and I believe he said he scanned it. I read this book called Tau 4. Yep, I think and, he did. Yeah, by a secret. Let me check her. Her name is the author's Victoria Wax. Victoria Wax is the name of the author. And um, it's a very interesting book. Um, I, w I wish Roger were here. To, I don't know if he, he didn't remember it very much when I asked him about it in the last meeting. Uh, the main character is this creation by this genius named uh, Carson. Bill Carson, who's trying to invent a, a a weapon, taking taking genes from a human being and from a from a, a, a tiger-like cat. This place this takes place way in the future, you know, on a series of planets. And this the the, the, the subject they use is a denizen of, of the jungles of, of one of the plants. There are several planets that have jungles, and he creates this this what they call a morph, or the, the way the way it's described. Um, her name is Greta Tao, I believe it is, and she's a, a superhuman girl, very lovely in her human form, but when she gets excited, she converts into this huge, savage cat, and uh, it has many scenes in which she rips people apart, oh, she's under stress like that, um, stop this call here, and um, it's interesting because there's a a, a, a person who's going to, tr to try to penet penetrate this um, the station where this Carson is doing the experiments on her and other people. And what confuses me is it, it starts out with him appro approaching the planet in a in a, in a uh, piloted by a plane, and then it somehow I think he's an imposter. He really it really turns out that. Um, there's this renegade pilot, he's like a, um, how should I put it, yeah, smuggler, and apparently he was hired by someone to try to snatch this creature away from Carson's fortress, which he's able to do, and they flee to another planet, which is another planet with a lot of jungle, and Carson starts pursuing them, and in the meantime, they also come across the indigenous people who live on this planet, who's the co-pilot of his ship, of his captain's ship, is a native of that planet, and it describes how they're trying to evade being being pursued or by this Carson, and they end up for uh, aligning themselves with the natives who have been subjugated to some degree by the fortress, which is in the middle of the jungle in what they call the rift. And they end up storming the fortress, and there's a lot of fighting, a lot of blood, and everything. And Carson, apparently Carson is also, he created himself to be an also a, a, a creature, an unhuman creature, because he has a special attraction for 
for this for this girl, for Greta. But she fights against his convictions, and and, and the law it ends up by by she killing him. And um, there's really no place for her because then they're, they're being hunted. She's being hunted by people from the other um, alliance of planets who want to use her again as a potential military weapon. So she decides the best thing for her is to to disappear into the endless jungles of this planet. And there's a, a, a romantic element of this between her and the, and the captain who had originally kidnapped her. So it, it's interesting. There's a lot of blood and a lot of, 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 of killing when she converts into this, into this animal. Um, also, he, she tends to dramatize a little bit. There's a lot, a lot of description of them hiding in the shadows and everything, which perhaps to me is a little bit overdone. But uh, I, I found it to be an interesting book, and I enjoyed reading it. Good. So it's only on Bookshare, as far as I know. Yeah. So, how do you use? What do you use? Voice Dream Reader to read it, or do you read some uh, some I, other I, way? I use Victor Reader. Victor Reader. Oh, okay. So it reads in its own voice, Paul right. or whatever. Although you can yeah. you can convert it into an audio, and, mm -hmm. the, and and Bookshare has its own voice. Yeah, that's true. I think it's Ivona or something like that. Right. Which yeah. I've done with a couple books. Yeah, I like Voice Dream Reader. Uh, for reading Bookshare yeah, they books. Have, right, I've had some They've got tons of voices you can pick from. Right, and you just and, download the book from Bookshare directly into their program. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Um, I like that a lot. But um, there are so many different ways of doing it. Whichever way works for you, it's about reading the books that counts. That's the main um, thing. Sherry, you haven't been here for a while, and now you're <coughs> well, back from classes. You want to take it over and tell sure. us something? I will tell you, unfortunately, <laughs> this is a book I am strongly not recommending. It's oh, that's okay. It's called Hazards of Time Travel by Joyce Carol Oates. Okay. And I should have known because I've tried to read her books before and not liked them. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to get concurrence here. Um, but I thought, you know, I'm such a time travel junkie, I thought this might be interesting. Well, I was wrong. It's about, um, starts out way in the future in some society that looks like something out of 1984 where the government monitors everybody and can kill people and exile people and stuff and this uh, girl Adrienne is in high school and she's the valedictorian and they decide that her speech is subversive because she's asking questions that cannot be answered or something nobody knows who we never find out who turned her in actually which is part of my problem with the book, but somebody did. So she gets grilled by the authorities as to who wrote this speech for you, who told you to do this, and nobody did. She really did write it herself. So she ends up being exiled back to 1959 to a college in Wisconsin, and she's supposed to be exiled for four or five years, I forget which, and she's supposed to you know, go to college there. And, of course, she doesn't fit in. She's extremely upset. She's crying all the time because she misses her parents. Her roommates are like, well, you know, we miss our parents, too. And, of course, she's supposedly an orphan, and she's not allowed to tell anybody anything. She's not allowed to go more than 10 miles from where she's based. So she um, is trying to adjust, and she has this crush on a professor, way over-the-top crush. And it turns out she thinks he is also an exile. So she tries to tell him she's an exile, which, of course, is really stupid, and he shuts her up. But then she works in a museum, and he comes in and, and puts his finger to his lips and leads her down to a bomb shelter where he thinks 
for some reason that they're incapable of monitoring them. And he is an exile. He's been exiled for 11 years. And it's kind of unclear what he did. It sounds like he at one time worked in something like a CIA type equivalent, but for some reason he's exiled. So they continue on this relationship or they start a relationship after she's out of his class and just a, a student in the university and no longer his student. And they talk about escaping. He thinks that the 10 mile thing is bogus and that they're just trying to scare you and we really could get out and go to California. So they try to do that and I don't, is any, if no one's gonna read it, I'll spoil it. Go ahead. Okay. I probably um, won't. I, I don't think David will. No, Martin, are you, <laughs> do you care if I spoil it? Go right ahead. Okay. So they, they do try to, they get backpacks and try to walk out more than the 10 miles and he all of a sudden gets zapped and just disintegrates and he's no more. And so she, of course, she kind of gets residual. She falls down and is hurt from him getting zapped. And this guy finds her, and it's a guy she's seen before on campus. So she ends up, the next thing you know, they jump ahead, and she's living with him off campus, and they have this house where they have transient students come in, and everything's wonderful. And that's it. You never find out what happens at the end of her exile. Uh -oh. You never find out who turned her in. You never find out if she tells this guy that she is an exile from the future. That's just mm. it. It's just really, mm. really awful. <clears throat> Very annoying. And I don't know if there's a sequel. If there is, I don't care enough to even find out these things. Mm -hmm. But it's very annoying that she wouldn't even uh, write well enough to, you know, let you know. Right, wrap up all these loose ends. Oh, uh, speaking of sequels, I thought that I would tell you in case you read the first book, that Peter Hamilton's sequel to Salvation is out, oh. and I have it, and I'm reading it. Uh, I haven't got too far into it, but um, it doesn't seem to follow the format that was in the first one with the uh, stories. Is it on Bookshare? Yeah, it's on Bookshare. And, and is this just going to be two books, or is it going to no, be? No, no, it's going to be a trilogy. Oh. According I'm kind of uh, waiting until they're all out there, and then I'll just okay. plow through them all in a row. Oh, okay. No, I can't wait that long. But, but I just want to mention it? it because I like it. Uh, yeah. I like it. Um, it's, it's. I don't think anything will be as good as the Void trilogy, but. But no. I like it pretty good. That was that was really the peak for me. But yeah. Uh, but I like it better than the first one. Uh, uh -huh. It doesn't seem to be as many digressions into stories that were only tangentially related to the uh -huh. plot as there were in the first book. I don't know hmm. if you. Um, so uh, so the the first book might be a bit of a slog, but I think when you get to the second one, I think you'll probably. Well, I'll like definitely it read it. Stick to it. Maybe um, I would not wait till the third one comes out because by the time I slog through the first two, maybe it'll be out. Yeah, maybe it depends on how long you take. Yeah. Um, because the second one came out in October. Oh shoot! Now I'm gonna mess it up. Um, I'll have to check when it came out. I'll write uh -huh. the list. Um, okay. It's been out for several months though. Oh. Okay. So the third one will probably be out next year, but Amazon hasn't said yet. They yeah. usually know. They usually know when it's in the pipeline, but it probably isn't in okay. the publisher pipeline yet. Cool. Um, but it'll probably be next year, I would expect. It wouldn't take more than a year or so to get these out. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I just wanted to mention that briefly. Yeah, that's good news. And what's this one called? Salvation? Salvation Lost. 
okay. don't know what the third one will be. Maybe it's Salvation Regained or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Salvation. But it's wow. called the Salvation Trilogy. Uh -huh. So, I mean, he's always he, he puts the same time, you know, the dreaming void, right, temporal right. void, and all that. It'll be uh, Salvation something. Yeah, it'll be Salvation something. Salvation. Okay. Sa uh, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, um, uh, David, do you want to proceed, or do you have you have something? Uh, I know I you do. Something. Yeah, I have something because I was going to do it last time and I missed, I forget what happened, so I didn't make it. I was just thinking the other day, I've been coming on and off since 2014. Mm -hmm. I think it's been, because I've, I've remembered you were always hosting. Um, let's see. It The book is called The Empress of Forever by Max Gladstone, DB95736. I did not like it. It's it's overly long. At I think something like twenty hours. It tells it it begins in the near future, focusing on a woman named Vivian Liao, who is this sort of hacker genius woman who became a billionaire because she knew how to um, develop systems that would you know that would be running major parts of the world of the of the near future. She is sneaking in to MIT's computer lab to hack something because she finds that the uh, internet has gotten too um, intrusive. It can it can spy on everybody, and she just decided she'd had enough of it. The next thing you know, she's in another world, in another, in a far distant future, trapped on this asteroid, which is at war with, with another group of beings. She meets a sort of a religious knight sort of person who is helping her. And later they rescue a sort of intelligent feline, felinoid woman. And all these people are battling something called the Empress, which would I, couldn't decide was was the empress a future version of vivian or was all of this a simulation was the empress running a simulation it was really confusing it's set like i said in the far distant future planets get blown up other planets are created um the world is extremely elaborate but everything is very throwaway because you can just create people again out of nanotechnology or you can really um change your world it was very strange you know i don't know why i i it's like for being a book i did not like i still had to see how it was going to end <laughs> so i kept i played it at 2.5 speed as fast as it would go mm -hmm. and and got it done quicker that Where, way. What, as fast as what would go the my digital library for the blind oh the talking go. book is that right. is that the as fast as it goes i think it's too wow that, i've i've tried it and it's if that's 2.5 that's awfully fast for me I, it is it i'll is tell fast. you i usually go a few a few clicks slower i can do easily yeah. half speed but did you ever read uh when it was on cassette did you ever make yours sound like mickey mouse and do it or yes you, i have yeah, i had I no that. choice i had to i i was really so happy when the first handy cassettes came out and you could turn up the speed and Adjust, adjust the like pitch. That, I remember those and the other one that APH did. Those were okay, but I found they were they, the voice had a funny. It was a little choppy. Yeah. Because the digital technology wasn't it was, there it, yet. It wasn't quite. It wasn't. It was. See, what it does is it chops up the voice so that it makes it talk faster by chopping out sections so that when it plays it, it's like. You know the the syllables aren't as long, 
you uh -huh. know. But it was chopping them up in too large in an increment because it wasn't able to right. handle it was, it was still the computing power was not fast you know, enough to now the digital technology is a lot faster. It can chop oh, up so a voice much into much smaller segments and make it sound, you know, natural, even at a high oh, it speed. It really does. So, um, well, I'm reading all kinds of different books. I haven't finished any of them. <laughs> but um, I'm reading, and I'm not going to put them on the list because that would be kind of cheating. But, uh, I mean, the list that I put out when I put out, I did put out the reminder in a timely manner this month, so I don't know why people didn't make it. Um, but um, I'm reading the fifth book in the Star Carrier series, which, by the way, Bard has all eight of them now. They put up the first three, and then they switched narrators and put out four, five, and six in an omnibus, and then they put out seven and eight in an omnibus. So, uh, but I'm reading them in Braille because I started reading them in, uh, on, after book, after Bard had, after I finished the first three on Bard, I got book four from Bookshare and I got book five and six. So I just figured I'll just keep reading them in Braille. What series um, is that? That's called the Star Carrier series. It's, uh, it's military SF, which I don't generally go for, but these this uh, military SF is based on aliens who, this, this author, one of the reasons why I like this author is he has a lot of sense of wonder involved, even when his, even though he's a military SF writer, I read Altered Starscape, which I think you read that, David, didn't you say? That's like uh, a bill, four billion years in the future, yeah, remember? And a they, sequel. Yeah, and called was... Darkness. What was Andromeda and Dark Book 2, what was that right. called? Darkness right. Falling or something. Right, and I'm waiting place. for the third. I wish he'd get a move on because I want him to tie right. this all up and figure I out. Want he, uh, well, I do too because I want to see what happens right. next. But he's got a really tremendous sense of wonder. And the, uh, despite all the mil – I tend to speed up the military action also. But, um, well, now that I'm reading in Braille, I can speed it up a little bit um, also. But um, – the aliens are trying to prevent humanity from going through the technological singularity. And this is in the 2400s, so he's had to slow down things a little bit. Otherwise, it would have happened, you know, 50 years from now or something. But, um, but he, um, there are all kinds of different aliens in it, which I, I keep thinking of Mary when I read about some of them, because she used to really like mm -hmm. interesting aliens a lot. And she... I don't know if she would have been able to make it through these books because there is a fair bit of military action in them, but there's a lot of other stuff too. Um, but um, so, and there's, um, so the, the aliens, but the aliens, there's not just one species. They have, the, the aliens who are the main ones uh, have these client races that they have kind of taken, you know, charge of and they uh, rule over them, so to speak. Uh, not in any kind of, you don't see them around much, but they have these seeds implanted in them that kind of give them suggestions and um, they don't control them exactly, but they communicate with them a little bit and they give them suggestions as to how to, how to uh, either conduct their military campaigns or, you know, uh, what they should do and you know they relay information back to the the star that's the name of the main aliens 
but um, I don't know. I don't want to spoil too much of it because if some people start it, which all the way back to book one. Oh, um, But there's some alien planets. Uh, they're really well described. You know, some of these alien races are really well described. Um, communicating with them, we they talk a lot about how how to communicate with some of these aliens. Uh, there's a lot more to it than the military stuff. So I, I'm really enjoying them. How would um, you search for the books? Do uh, you happen to have the number? Any of the numbers, or how would well? I would just go. I would just search for Ian Douglas, because Bookshare has, or Bard has. I mean, you'll find Andromeda and Dark and Darkness Falling, and well, Altered Starscape and Darkness Falling, and then you'll find the Star Carrier books one to three, four to six, and seven and eight. Ian Douglas, and you will, or if you search for that on Bard, you'll probably find them also on the Bard main site, and he will, you know, they will be up, they will come up also. They, um, I'm really enjoying them quite a bit. Um, the uh, Earth has been, uh, you know, there's a lot of climate change, you know, some, there, there's like primitive areas where people don't go because the ocean has risen. Um, and some of the characters are from there and they have trouble. So even some of the characters are, are developed, not as much as probably for a mainstream reader, but, um, because they, a couple of them come from these primitive areas, they're called prims and they believe in single marriage to one person. Whereas the general attitude in the 25th or 24th century is, you know, more flexible relationships people have. You know, and they have trouble getting accepted into the military. Military is really kind of a conservative place in a lot of ways, you know, and you have to conform a lot, and, you know, and he, he seems to know a lot about the military. He's written quite a bit about it. I don't remember his his CV or whatever, but uh, he definitely seems to know, you know, quite a bit about the military. So, uh, but there's a lot of advanced technology, even though, you know, they're battling these aliens who seem to be a, even a little bit more advanced. They win too much of the time. That's one of my problems with them, though. It seems like the humans get lucky or, you know, they have a they had a strategy in the last book where they communicated something. They figured out how to communicate with these aliens and they told them something that made them want to retreat. And, you know, they, I think the humans win a little bit too much, but they have to win because if they don't, they're dead, you know. It's the end of humanity, so I guess... They've got to win, but they also had a truce. You know, they found out a little bit about, in book, at the end of book three, they found out a little bit about why the star were so an, adamantly against humanity having its own singularity. It wasn't because they were afraid that they would be destroyed by humans or anything like that. I'm spoiling things a little bit, but anyway, if you, like, if you want to read them, you'll read them anyway, probably. Um, <laughs> They had their own singularity many millions of years ago, and it was very uh, traumatic for them because a lot of people got left behind. Um, you know, a lot, and it wasn't just the one race. There were a lot of races in a in a in a galactic society that kind of went at a at a similar time, and a lot of pe people just you know they left or they went into virtual worlds or they you know they went somewhere. People don't know where they went. Um, some of them just seem to have vanished, you know, after, you know, merging with machines or whatever. And, 
Um, and but some of them are still around in some ways. Uh, some of them, uh, I mean, this is why I say that there's a sense of wonder here. One planet has uh, a lot of the people who were on the planet went into a virtual environment, and and as the planet, as the universe ages and the star cools and so on, they can just keep slowing down their computer and keep going effectively indefinitely, you know, with the, you know, and it's all around, you know, he was showing them, you know, the, um, one of the aliens was showing one of the main characters, you know, the planet and how, you know, the, the nanotech was every, all, all through it. And he said, you know, these rocks here and everything is just, you know, the people are living in these, you know, they're living their virtual lives in here and, you know, they, they can last effectively almost forever. So, um, but some of them, you know, anyway, uh, but it was very traumatic for the star and their races and they want to prevent other people. They think it's their duty to prevent other people from going through similar fate. So, but they did manage to reach a truce at the end of book three, but the truce was broken in book four. And they haven't explained fully why, but some of it has to do with the fact that communications across galactic distances just aren't perfect. Not everybody gets the news, you know, mm. that their truce is on. I mean, these they're hundreds of light years apart, and um, or thousands, depending. But but in this, in in uh, currently, most of it's taking place within a, a few hundred years. They have a faster than light drive, but he explains it pretty well. It's based on. Uh, the speculations of a 20th century scientist, and he talks about, you know, how it works a little bit. I mean, I, I really like them. So, anyway, I'm in book five of that, and I'm working through the new space opera, too. I've read a few stories in that. I'm, I'm liking that. Um, there's a John C. Wright book, uh, uh, novella, at the end, and I am resist I'm having mighty trouble resisting the temptation to jump right to it. Because it's in the Golden Age universe, which is one of my favorite books of all time. Hmm. And but I'm going to wait and get to it when it comes up at the end. So how if so, one were to read the first book, how much of a vision would one get of the way he writes in the following books? Which which the first the Star Carrier book? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you'd get you'd get it. Oh, it'd be it'd be. Uh, I mean, you mean was it different from the other books or what? Well, basically, in other words, all the things that you're describing. Could you capture the, the the vision of the of his universe by reading just one book, or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, you could. I mean, there's more. Obviously, the plot moves forward and stuff, right. but you definitely get the uh, the the main you know parts of it in the first book. Okay. You know, though there are new aliens coming in. You know, new aliens they meet. You know, new aliens that they haven't right. seen before in later books. But you get the basic outlines of the plot, you know, pretty early on. Um, so if you read the first book, it starts out, you know, with, with with some military action. But but the guy gets stranded pretty soon after after he's participating in some. He has to land on a colony world that Earth has, you know, colonized, and the aliens are trying to get rid, you know, get them out. You know, one mm -hmm. of the star client races trying. But he gets stranded, and he talks about the life on the planet and what the environment is like. And I enjoyed that quite a lot because he's got to find a place to shelter because he's he's got a suit on and everything, of course. But he can't survive indefinitely in this environment uh, on this alien world. 
So it's so it starts out, you know, you can see, you know, he's got some really interesting ideas, you know, pretty early in the book. So, um, but it's not like it's not high literature or anything. I mean, the writing is pretty good. I think it's a bit repetitive over time. It's like, I don't know if we were, if you guys were here, we were talking about people, a lot of modern authors seem to be repetitive to some extent. We were mentioning Dan Brown in particular. Oh, yeah. He really seems to repeat himself a lot in case his listeners have got short attention spans or something. He wants to make sure they don't forget many important things. This guy's a little bit that way, too. But as I said, if you speed him up a little bit, which I do, or I read, you know, I can read pretty fast in Braille, um, you can get the book without, you know, losing very much if, if you speed him up a little bit. And they're fun. They're interesting. There's there's good imagination in it. So I'm reading the Space Opera, uh, New Space Opera 2. I'm reading modern classic short novels of science fiction. Um, I finished the first novella in it called The Miracle Worker by Jack Vance. And it's the first it's the first thing I've read by Jack Vance that I can remember. And I'm really, I looked him up on uh, Wikipedia, which is one of my first places to go to, to look people up. And I've been reading about some of his other work, and I'm, I actually have a book of his on my Christmas list that I'm going to do for Bookshare, because it's all of his Dying Earth books. Yeah, I think I've place. read him, but I don't remember which one I've read, but I, th mm -hmm. I remember liking him. So, it, yeah, and um, anyway, and I'm also reading, um, oh, well, that's probably enough. Anyway, um, so I don't know what else, um, I guess there's only four of us. If this keeps up, I don't know what we're going to do, because we only had four last time, too. Um, Uh-oh, what happened? There we go. I hit my mute accidentally. Okay, I was checking the time. You have to hit, what is it? insert F12 and I hit insert mute instead. <laughs> I lost you for a second. Anyway. Um, I was going to ask a question about the sci-fi list. I don't, I don't know if I got removed because I don't, I'm don't. i not getting any messages from the list. Who is moderating that list now? Alan Lemley. It's, uh -huh. is it, uh, which, which, what's the address? Are you on the new list? I don't I think, think you were. Science fiction. What is it? What is it? Let me look here. But I don't seem to be getting any kind of uh, messages from them. It science fiction science fiction club at groups io io you got that, uh, that the one? i don't I'm not, i might i should has there, has there been traffic recently not much it's pretty slow it's pretty slow most of the time david you didn't drop out did you because there was a lot of traffic to start with i know you were getting I uh, think I'm still here. I, I got the announcement. Uh huh. Uh, I did get the announcement recently. I don't. Know that you then okay? Thing. That's good because I was hoping you were going to stay because I I thought things would calm down pretty quickly after people subscribe to it. Oh, how many the, people are on it? I have no clue. You'd have to ask Alan. Okay. Uh, but uh, it seemed like uh, quite a few joined up at first, but very few of them write anything. Um. I presume I don't know how many of you were on the on the Bard list, and I'm de I'm deviating slightly, but I don't care. Um, Rene Aubergenois passed away. I posted about that on the Bard list the other day. Um, he was on Deep Space Nine, 
and he does he did seven of the Pendergast books, which Lucy oh. and I are big fans of. Yeah, me uh, too, Mr. Pendergast. Yeah, so um, we were we're going to miss him. Yeah, wow. Uh, he was 79. He died of lung cancer, according to what I found out on Google. Hmm. So I had no idea he was that old, but uh, he was a fabulous reader. So, well, I guess if there's nothing else, the next, wait a minute. Oh, Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year mm -hmm. to you all. Yes. Let me just say, for the record, that the next science fiction meeting will be on January 9th, 2020. Mm -hmm.